TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday morning, August 3rd. I can't believe it's August already. Uh, August 3rd here in the Chicagoland area. I'm Brady Stiff, in for the coach. Big dog Joel Radwanski is with me. Joel, how you doing, man? Uh, doing absolutely fantastic. I'm just glad we got somebody in the studio today. <laughs> I heard yesterday was a little bit of a wash, but that's okay. So it's all right to take a three-day weekend once in a while, you know? Uh, well, yeah, well, I've had way too many of them. I've had about two years of them. I've had two years of seven-day weekends. Yeah, I, you know what? I was out of town from Thursday to uh, Monday, so I spent the entire weekend without TV, without Internet, um, and you know, <laughs> I, I thought about this on Thursday as we were going away. We went up to Wisconsin, just north of the Dells, and um, I just realized that we would be out of town during Trade Den Light weekend, and I missed everything. I mean, I had a little bit of internet with my phone because I get it on my BlackBerry, but I found out about the Ted Lilly trade via text from a number that I didn't know. So that that was kind of awkward for me. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? When the when the Cubs are selling off pieces, it's a it's a little bit easier, I think, to go with uh, without the deadline information. Now, if it was the other way around, and you were hoping like they added a you know a big bat or an ace of a pitcher, then. I think you'd have a little bit more difficult time not being able to find out all that information at the last second. Yeah, it was um, my my girlfriend's a big fan of Ryan Terrio, and when I when I broke the news to her, she was um, very very disappointed. She wanted me to buy her a Dodgers Terrio jersey right away. Are you serious? Dead serious. No. Apparently she is because I, I so, bought her. I bought her a Terrio jersey a couple of years ago, and you know this is when we thought you know Terrio's going to be the the anchor at shortstop for a while. He wasn't going to get traded. He wasn't. I mean, he's not a free agent. Um, and there, there he is in uh, in L.A. now. Well, I, I got to tell you something. If if she starts rooting for the Dodgers against the Cubs, <laughs> you might have to get rid of her. I, I I already threatened her with that. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Because. That's, that's that's my biggest pet peeve if somebody starts rooting against your team just for the heck of it. Right, right. By the way, David Olson on the other side of the glass, making sure we're on the air. Uh, Big dog. I don't know. I'm not sure if you've seen the news yet. It's about a half hour old, but um, apparently the uh, NFC North just got a little bit worse. Well, uh, from what David Olson told us, and what uh, uh, it looks like Adam Schefter's reporting, Jay Glazer, according to to David Olson, was the first to report it. The old man is not coming back for the Minnesota Vikings. That's right. Brett Favre, this, the story first appeared uh, on ProFootballTalk.com. Uh, Mike Florio runs that site, and he cited a couple of sources, Judd Zilgad of the Minneapolis Star Tribune and also Jay Glazer. A uh, couple different sources, a couple different angles here. Uh, Zilgad reporting that Favre began telling team officials on Monday night, last night, uh, that he will not return for another year, and uh, Glazer reporting that Favre has begun telling his teammates that he will not be back. So 
up in Minnesota, it's Sage Rosenfels now. Um, how do you feel about that? I think it's going to be Tavarius Jackson. No, no. It's, <laughs> I, I, as a diehard Chicago Bear fan, believe it or not, I, I kind of wanted him to come back, but it was only for selfish reasons because I wanted the Bears to be the one that ended his consecutive game streak, not Brett Favre to be the one who ended his consecutive game streak. And that might sound harsh or whatever, but I'd, uh, I usually don't root for ill will towards other athletes at all, Brady. But to be honest with you, he has beat the Bears so often and so badly and done it laughing while he did it. I I, I just wanted the Bears to pummel him into the ground. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of this back and forth. You know, will he retire? Won't he retire? Is he coming back? His ankle, throwing to high school kids, had surgery. Now he's not coming back. I mean... We have to take this news with a grain of salt because we've seen it too many times, and not just with him, with other athletes as well. You know, Michael Jordan retired for a, quote unquote retired for a couple of years. Uh, Ryan Sandberg made a comeback. I mean, it happens all the time where guys retire and then decide, oh, well, I'm going to play again. So, especially with Brett Favre, we have to take this with a grain of salt. It's just a matter of, you know, is this finally it? Yeah, who knows? He might uh, he might actually say he's coming back when two days are done in two weeks. Right, and it's, I mean seriously, you just never know. It's so. kind of, it's kind of like what he did last year. I mean, we we knew from um, from past happenings that he wasn't going to be at all of training camp. He would come uh, into camp maybe two games into the preseason schedule, get his legs back under him, and he'll be ready to go. I, I think the Vikings would be fine with that. I don't think they'd have a problem with that at all. But now that he's said, well, uh, reportedly said that he's done, the Vikings now have to look elsewhere for their quarterback uh, duties, and it's going to be Rosenfels or Jackson. And I think the NFC North just got a little bit worse. I think uh, the Packers now become the the far and away favorite in that division. Um so we'll see. I mean, we got a long way to go before the season opener, but as it stands right now, with this breaking news this morning, the Packers are the favorites in the uh, NFC North. Yeah, the, and it was cracking up as everybody who took Sidney Rice in the in the fourth round of their fantasy draft expecting a bunch of touchdowns. Well, guess what? Now you're going to have uh, Rosenfeld and uh, and Tavarius Jackson throw it to him, so that is not going to happen. Congratulations. And by the way, You've been I would like to call the Packers the runaway Division favorite, and I keep on seeing people picking the Bears to go six and ten and five and eleven. Brady, we don't know each other that well. I'll be more than happy to tell tell you that my team is bad. This is one of the best team Bears teams in a long time. So I I, I certainly hope so. I mean, they got guys coming back off of injury. I think Cutler is way better than he showed last year. Uh Um, And let's let's be honest, some of those interceptions were absolutely pinnable on Jay Cutler. Because he's throwing into coverage, you know, throwing where he shouldn't be. But a lot of those interceptions were because he was moving backwards when he was throwing, because his offensive line didn't give him any time. Uh, balls went off of receivers' hands. Receivers stopped running routes. I mean, you you could go a, a number of different ways with reasons for Jay Cutler interceptions. But I think he's going to be a lot better. I think uh, now that they have two legitimate running backs in Matt Forte and Chester Taylor. They're going to be able to run the ball more effectively, even with Mike Martz as offensive coordinator. I think their wide receiver depth is as good as any. So offensively, they should be able to put up a lot more points, and that's going to win them a lot more ball games because, I mean, let's, let's face it, it's a passing league. It's an offensive-oriented league, and they've got the offensive weapons 
to make an impact. Now, on defense, the linebackers are back. You know, Tino Isamoa and Erlacher. I mean, it's it's kind of like picking up two free agents or, or trades uh, in the offseason because Erlacher missed all but one quarter of last season. Uh, Tino Isamoa played, what, one, maybe two games before injuring himself and, and being out for 99% of the rest of the season. So, I mean, you get two linebackers there. Julius Peppers... Uh, jumps on board here. I, this is a. I, I'm really excited for for Bears season to start. Yeah, they they really upgraded their all their weaknesses that they had last year. Besides the offensive line, but they did add Mike Mike Tice, the the former Vikings coach, as a offensive line coach. And supposedly, you know, he's talking a good game right now, saying that the team's going to be a lot better up front. So they should be better all across the board. And and all your reasons of the Jay Cutler interceptions were exactly right. And don't forget the main one. They were getting their butt kicked a lot. Right. So that's just another reason why you have to throw the ball too much. And, and uh, you know, Matt Forte, I, I really appreciate anybody who could play basically an entire season with torn ligaments in their knee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was down in Bourbon A um, last summer covering for WGN, and um, you could tell that he was not not doing so well just, just by watching him. And this was early in training camp. I mean, you you could tell that he was not 100%, and it's a shame Kevin Jones went down because Kevin Jones was looking really good, uh, and that injury sort of left the Bears without a fully healthy running back, and obviously they suffered. Yeah, and uh, and when Garrett Jones is your back, Garrett Wolf is your backup running back, you know, that's a good story and a, and a nice kid, but, I mean, this is the NFL, and you don't want Garrett Wolf to be your, your no. first running back off the bench. No, not at all. Well, that that's the Brett Favre news, and... Uh, now we can get into what I, what I plan to talk about because that that news broke uh, about 30 minutes before we went on the air. Not even like 20 25 minutes before we went on the air. Um, and even though I was gone for a weekend without sports, I sort of you know doing show prep last night. I kind of had no clue what to talk about. But the sports world is doing me a favor because there's plenty going on. When we come back from this quick break, uh, Ozzy Gein shooting his mouth off again. We'll talk about that. You're listening to Two Guys and a Mic. Brady Stiff in for the coach with the big dog on TalkZone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it and welcome back it's two guys and a mic brady stiff in for the coach big dog on the phone with me and you heard the voice man say it 888-463-6748 you can jump in on the fun as well uh big dog i know you're a you're a cubs fan right die hard cubs fan. die hard cubs fan good man 
but Ozzie Guillen got himself in a little bit more hot water over the weekend when he came out uh, and made a very opinionated rant about how the Latin players in Major League Baseball and the rest of of, of Major League and Minor League Baseball as well, uh, for that matter, are not treated the same way as as say Japanese players who come over to play. Um, what what was your take on the on his whole his whole rant and uh, I guess the simple question is, is he correct? Well, maybe he is right, but the fact that he was complaining to Major League Baseball and then used the whole uh, Asian player example is pretty moronic because the team are the ones that bring over the interpreters for the Asian players, first and foremost. So if he's concerned about not having interpreters, don't yell at Major League Baseball about it. Why don't you yell at your owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, why there isn't any? He does have a valid point. If you consider that Starlin Castro, the first time he had a coach that spoke Spanish since he's been in professional baseball, was when he got to the major league. So if you want to wonder why he doesn't know to, to tag up with uh, when balls are hit deep into the gap and runners are, you know, like uh, anyone is on second base and you know, and runners are, I mean, the outfielders are flying to the wall because he hasn't had people speaking Spanish to him before that, but. He's yelling at the wrong people. It's up to the stock management to actually bring in the the interpreters if they want those. And it's, it's you know, Spanish-speaking players, Latino players were treated horribly back in the 50s and 60s. Times are a little different now. So I don't know what he's doing right there. He's just been blabbing off the mouth. Do you know why he even went into that little diatribe at all? No, I, what I, led into it? I, I sort of missed the whole lead-up into it. Um, what happened? Well, that's what we're wondering. I mean, that's I, I've no one knows why he started saying that. There was really no question. Like somebody was like, you know, do Latino players have it harder or something like that? And then you know, if you say stupid and you got led into a dumb question, you say something stupid and you're led into a dumb question. You know what? You you, you know you gotta shake your shoulders because that'll happen with uh with uh, Ozzy every once in a while. But we, nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows what was said before that to have him start talking about that type of stuff. I guess when worried more about the twins. Yeah, you think? I mean, they're they're not. They actually gained ground by not even stepping on the baseball field yesterday. So, I guess that could be looked at as a positive for them. But, I mean, you give guys these platforms, and you and I are in the same boat. I mean, we 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 have a mic in front of us, and we can say whatever we want. But, I mean, so at at some point, you have to censor yourself, or at least think out your argument and and make it a a really sound argument before you make it. And I think Especially that Especially when it's to do with race, Brady. Oh, Especially oh yeah. I mean, th- this country is is still sensitive as it is when it comes to, when it comes to race race relations and 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 matters like that. So for Ozzy to go on this this rant, this tirade, this uh, I guess rant and tirade is is the good wor- is the best words I can come up with it for. Um it it, it's, it seemed a little out of place. You know, I mean, the, the baseball he's in the middle of a pennant race as you mentioned. His team's playing well, and then he goes and and does something like this. I mean, it just seemed out of place. Yeah, and, and could you imagine how bad Tadahito Aguchi feels right now? <laughs> yeah. You know, the second baseman. I mean, he's probably like, oh, I had an interpreter. Ozzy probably hates me. So, right. Did, did he alienate all the, the uh, Asian fans? And if you think about it, how many, uh, what do you call it, U.S. Sailor Field is legitimately less than a half a mile away from Chinatown. Yeah. Chinatown it goes all the way up to 31st Street, people. So, yeah. I mean, so I you're, what, you're, you're, like four, you're four blocks. So you're four blocks away from an Asian an Asian centric neighborhood, 
and he's go he's going I don't I don't think it's like I don't think it's a, a cut down on on the Asian culture of the Asian people, but I, I think it's he's a little resentful and whether or not he's correct, you know, maybe uh, I mean just think about the ratio of Latin players to um to Japanese players. Well, one thing that Phil Rogers pointed out today in the trip, which I thought was an excellent point, is that Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds had entourages, too. So why didn't Ozzy say anything about that? I mean, he, he makes a very good point. Yeah. It's a very good point. Yeah, and it, 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 like I said, it comes down to the ratio of, of Latin players to Japanese players. When, when a Japanese player, a la Ichiro, a la Kosuke Fukudome, when they come over from Japan... Uh, the, the the number of people who speak their language is slim to none. I mean, they don't have anyone in the clubhouse that they can relate to. Yeah, they've got the Japanese media, but I think on a, on a day-to-day basis, you know, you, you need to have someone who can translate what his manager is saying. Um, you, you don't see that with a lot of Latin players because there's enough Latin uh, penetration in the game where you can figure out what you need to figure out. You know, and it's been said many, many times, if you want to be a successful manager nowadays, you need to speak two languages. It's, it's really that simple. You need to, be, to speak two languages. That's why one day maybe Alfonso Storiano could be a great manager because he can speak Japanese, Spanish, and English. You really want Alfonso Soriano in a major league dugout? Well, he's so <laughs> fundamentally sound, Brady. You just oh, watch him yeah. play, and he oozes intelligence <laughs> on the baseball field. Right, right. Well, he's oozing something. Maybe it isn't intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. But, you know, and th- this whole thing is kind of why I've grown to not necessarily love Ozzie Guillen, but I don't mind him at all because I think in today's sports world, we see so many players, so many managers, so many top-level executives with different franchises, afraid to tell the truth, afraid to say what they really feel, and Ozzy isn't, and that's kind of why I like him. Well, he's wrong on this one, though. He, well, wrong. I mean, you shouldn't don't point the finger at MLB. Point the finger at your at your uh, organization, right? Obviously, you don't have enough interpreters in your organization, right? Now, the the White Sox came out yesterday, I believe, and they they put out a statement saying that they reject quote reject. Uh, Ozzy's words and his opinion, and was that? I mean, was that necessary? Was that something they needed to do? Is that right? You know, now all of a sudden you got to be careful in another way. You don't want to offend the people that he's backing. All of a sudden, uh, you, you, you know what? I wouldn't have done it as the owner. I just would have just not touched it and just been like, "That's Ozzy." You know, he'll be Ozzy, but I wouldn't have made made a formal. Statement that oh we reject it that they didn't need to do that right so, but I, I know the MLB network is really happy about this <laughs> yeah more people that might watch the club on MLB network right which which I don't get with Dish Network because they um they haven't been able to come to so what uh, whatever agreement they need to come to with MLB network so I ha- I haven't been able to watch this show and I really want to and I mean it's the MLB network anyway so I'd be watching that regardless but um th- do you have MLB network? I just want to let you know that MLB Network, out of all the channels of for sports uh, league, is by far the best. I do know NFL Red Zone on Sunday is like the greatest thing on earth. Okay, but besides that, MLB Network has all the all the networks uh, totally whooped. And plus, they have Hazel May. 
you get what I'm talking about? Oh yes. I, I mean, I, I've seen clips, you know, of of whatever they've done, you know, and I know who Hazel May is, but ESPN has Aaron Andrews, so I'm gonna be partial to Aaron Andrews. Well, the, either way, you're a winner uh, on case. So yeah, <laughs> I do love a little college basketball too. So Aaron Andrews always will have my vote. And Dancing with the Stars too. I mean, the only reason I I watched uh, as much Dancing with the Stars as I did, which wasn't much. Was when was when Aaron was dancing, and thankfully she was in it to almost the very end, right? Yeah, I was a little. Um, it was a little uncomfortable when they actually showed her last dance through the keyhole. Right. Uh. Okay, that, that was a little rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, um, back on topic. Um, Ozzy, not only did he say that um, the Latin players get treated unfairly, but he claims that he's the only one telling these kids not to use performance-enhancing drugs. Do you yeah, I, do you believe that? I mean, that, that's a little outlandish. Well, that's when Major League Baseball actually came out and, and said that they have this whole. They sort of like uh, had like a bullet point to that, and they were like, "We do this, we do this, we do this." Yeah, that he was absolutely wrong with that. Obviously, uh, there's more than just Ozzy Guillen. Letting people know in the, you know, what's going on with, uh, to the uh, Latin players, what's going on in baseball. And he's not the only one saying stay off performance enhancing drugs considering Major League Baseball test players before they're signed. Yeah. They I'm, get tested nowadays. Yeah. So. Yeah. To, to make that claim, that just seemed like he was holding that in for a while and just let it all go right at once. And now, I mean, is he, paying for it or is he i mean a lot a lot of people are saying he's right a lot of people are saying you know there's flaws in his argument while he still may be partially correct others have said he's downright wrong um i mean you you've sort of stated your stance that he's pointing the finger at the wrong people not mlb he should be pointing the finger at the white Sox and whatever other organizations you know have have treated these latin players wrong i mean Ozzy was in this situation when he played. I mean, he came over from Venezuela, and he played with the White Sox. He played in this city. Did he have an interpreter? Or, oh, he definitely in, Interpreter. He I just made up a word. Yeah. Uh, interpreter. Probably not. No, he did not. Probably not, but he got along just fine. I mean, his his English is a little difficult to understand now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, you listen to the guy for a while, and you can you can figure out what he's saying, but... If you listen to this guy talk for the very first time, you have no clue what he says. Not yeah, a clue. He's, he's the only player or person that I know can go on uh, live television or, 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 or like recorded television, and he can swear like four or five times and not get bleeped because nobody knows what he's saying anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was amazed they put him on, uh, was it Fox or TBS, last October to, to cover the, the playoffs. Either way, I was amazed they put him on live TV on, on a national stage. I mean, nobody could understand what this guy says. There has to be nobody understanding what he says. Yeah, and from what I understand from uh, a few friends of mine that are Mexican, obviously he's Venezuelan, but uh, you know they speak Spanish, and they say his Spanish is just as bad as his English. Like, they don't <laughs> know what he's saying either when he's speaking Spanish. I, I guess I don't know the whole history of Isaacian. Maybe he didn't get a lot of school growing up because he was focused on baseball, and obviously he's made a career for himself out of it, so let, let's give him credit for that. But, I mean, at some point, you just got to say, you know, Ozzy, cool it a little bit. I, that, that brings me to my next question. I mean, 
Ozzy's always been a controversial guy since he since he got to Chicago. Uh, how long is he going to be managing this baseball team? I mean, he's got two years left on his deal. Uh, would Reinsdorf just say, all right, we've had enough, just go away? Well, I think he'll complete the deal, without a doubt. And and if you think about it, the you know, all of a sudden, they're the, at the time he said that, the, the White Sox were a half a game ahead. They're definitely in a race. All of a sudden, no one's talking about baseball anymore. The players can go out. They don't have to worry. Guys that are slumping don't have to worry about it. Uh, Gordon Beckham doesn't have to have people ask him, hey, you're finally hitting. Gavin Floyd doesn't have to answer questions about how he's been the best pitcher in baseball at the 11 start. So, you know, maybe now these guys can actually focus on playing baseball and let Dazzy just go and answer questions about other stuff. I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. And, and, and he was also just trying to get attention. Okay, and, and Reinsdorf is a businessman. Don't forget that because I, I do know this, that um, like a couple statements he made before he went into that little diatribe, he did say this, hey, the Bears must be in camp because there's not that many of you here today. So, <laughs> so like when I was when we were talking about what did why did he go into it, what question led into it, maybe it was he just on his own was like, you know what, uh, maybe I need to create some controversy because all of a sudden the Bears are in town and, and now we're the we're the fifth most important story in the city. Well, maybe not the fifth. Right now, I would have to say they are the the second or third most important story in 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 Chicago right now, sports wise. Yeah, you you'd think the the even the Cubs who are now in fifth place. And I think the Brewers just scored another run. Um, I think the Cubs are probably a bigger story than the Sox are. Even the Sox are in first place. I mean, because the Cubs are so futile because they just made a, a trade. Uh, it's a Cubs town regardless. Um, and then you got the Bears, you got the Hawks, and we'll t- we'll get into Hawks a little bit later on. Um, yeah, I mean they're 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 never going to be tops in the city unless they win a, a title, and that's one of the things about Ozzy is he wins. I mean the he's the Sox have been contenders as long as he's been in town. So while he he says a lot of controversial things, while he he may get himself in trouble with his mouth. Uh, he wins, and that's that's the bottom line. And he's he's got him in another pennant race. They have already won a, a World Series. He wins. Well, they definitely win, but does that have more to do with the roster that Kenny Williams has built for them? I yeah, think- I mean, sure, but I mean, at, at some point, the manager has to get credit for for winning. Yeah, and he keeps on doing it. Like every, I can't. How many times have we had a conversation where, well, maybe not you or I, but just in general, where. Ozzy Gant says something totally outlandish and stupid and controversial, and then uh, people start saying, "Oh, this is really going to this team won't be able to focus now. They're going to have to answer stupid questions." And then next, thing you know, at the end of the year, they're they've won you know 88 games and have a chance at uh, you know going to the playoffs. Right? Maybe so, he's uh, maybe he's got a master plan, and it's apparently working because they're in first place. And. Uh, uh, you know, I, I say it all the time on Black and Blue City. You know, it just drives me crazy. On this, and you know, we talked at length about this Ozzy Gant thing yesterday. And you know, it, it's 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 funny is he really can get away with it because he said so many dumb things and said so many outlandish things. He can almost be. You can almost. It's almost like Manny being Manny. It's like Ozzy being Ozzy. So, like, legitimately, if Canella had said the same exact comments. He probably would have been put across the coals right now, seriously. And and Pinello's Mexican, so like it would it'd be like it, we're not like saying that like it's a, it's a white guy saying the same thing as opposed to uh, a Latino guy. So it's it, the, the guy really can pretty much say whatever he wants in this city, and people just shrug their shoulders. Right, 
Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break, Big Dog, and uh, when we come back, uh, this LeBron James thing just keeps getting bigger. And this is actually not related to the decision, but it sort of is. I'll explain when we come back. You're listening to Two Guys and a Mic. Brady Stiff in for the coach. Big Dog on the phone. You're on. You're listening to Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And it is Tuesday morning, August 3rd, 2010. Two guys and a mic, Brady Stiff in for the coach, Big Dog on the phone. And Big Dog, I'm not sure if you've seen this story. You probably have because you seem to be all-knowing about sports. Um, but this LeBron James story that sort of was there and then it wasn't. Uh, this this author, Arash Markazi, apparently spent a night with LeBron James. Did you hear about this? No, I have not. So you can break it to me like you do the rest of the morning break fans. All right. So th- this this guy apparently writes for ESPNLosAngeles.com, and he spent a night with LeBron James and his entourage and wrote about it. And I'm looking at a screenshot of this story on Deadspin, um, and uh, it was uh, time-stamped July 28th, 9.40 a.m. Eastern, and ESPN.com pulled the story because they said Markazi did not completely identify himself and identify his intentions to write a story with LeBron James. And this story goes on to um, tell about the night he spent with LeBron and what LeBron did and what, it's, what the atmosphere around LeBron is like. And LeBron was hosting a party in Vegas um, it, it was almost kind of like um, a real-life version of the movie The Hangover. It wasn't that crazy, but, I mean, it was it was some pretty outrageous stuff. And this sort of profile is not something you see every day, especially with a guy like LeBron James. Um, the, basically, the whole thing is how ESPN pulled this story after it was, according to them, erroneously published. Um it, we we know what happened with LeBron James and the decision and how that was staged and you know ESPN aired it they they got crushed in the media for it um, and now this story comes out and ESPN is supposedly losing a ton of credibility over this story I mean first of all this kid I don't know how this 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 happened this this kid I don't know how old this guy is but I don't know how someone not in James' normal entourage, gets to spend an entire night 
with LeBron James and his people. And Chris Paul was there, too. Um, I don't know how that happens. Because in the story, he tells about how LeBron's got five bodyguards around him. Nobody can speak to LeBron without passing through uh, the bodyguard and getting LeBron's approval first. I mean, this is just sort of some outrageous stuff. And how the story was taken down, it's kind of suspicious because, you know, it's journalism. And you're supposed to report the news. Uh, I guess my first question is, let's say you're Arash Markazi, the author of this story. Is it ethical journalism to spend a night with LeBron, supposedly just having fun, and then write up the story about it? Is that ethical journalism? Yeah, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Legitimately. Well, I mean, if the guy's going to live like that and he's going to let people be around him, well, why can't you know why can't people write about it? You know, it, it's not like they're making meth labs or anything like that. I, I have absolutely no problem. I, I have a problem with ESPN pulling the story is what I have a problem with. You know, it's not like uh, it was it was some undercover stuff. And to be honest with you, I don't think LeBron James cares that people know he lives like that. To be honest with you, I really don't think he cares. He wants to be seen as some type of like uh, like godlike figure. So it, it, the the greater of a story that you can make about him, the happier he'll be. I bet. Oh yeah. Maybe he... maybe not because if ESPN pulled it, it was probably because of uh, LeBron, one of LeBron James' people, or publicists that made sure it was pulled. Honestly, because I don't think he has, even ESP would have enough, ESPN would have enough credibility not to pull it unless somebody asked them to. Well, and that's the thing because Le- LeBron is is such a uh, an attention grabber, and it, uh, he loves to be the center of attention. Loves it. I mean, that, that's part of why the decision was was uh, was conceived because his his people want him to be in the spotlight all the time and. You know, no matter how corny it was, I mean, he got an hour dedicated to him and his sponsors. Um, I guess don't forget that money though went to the the Boys and Girls Club of America. Yeah, I I know, but come on, I mean that that was that was all about that was all about LeBron and vitamin water and whatever other sponsors he had. I mean, that was that was ESPN, a reputable news organization, bowing down to maybe the most powerful man in sports. I mean. Do you agree? I mean, oh, they, no, no, it, it is, and it's too bad. But I, I would bet you it was Nike or somebody that actually came out and asked him to do that, or, or asked ESPN to, to do that. That's that's the surprising thing is that they're probably the ones that went ahead and said, "And don't do that." But you know, I just let me ask you a question here: Where do you get all your 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 news source? Do you get it? I mean, you said you would watch MLB Network, but when it comes to sports, where do you get your uh, information from? The first website I go to in the morning is ESPN.com. Okay, and then um, when it comes to televised stuff, where do you go? ESPN. Okay, so what, what do you think? What LeBron James? What are you going to do? Boycott ESPN? No, 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 no. no. Le- LeBron James shouldn't boycott ESPN. There, there's, I, I think ESPN is is sort of bowing down to LeBron because they they've sort of, you know, said okay, we'll do whatever you want. Th- th- that's the point. Is they they shouldn't have pulled it. What, right. I mean, what does LeBron no, James I, do? I, hey, I, I totally agree with you. I think they made a mistake in pulling it, and they're going to give some BS reason for pulling it. And now this this journalist, this Arash Markazi, his name is being dragged through the mud because he wrote a story that got pulled uh, by his editors, and he's being sort of forced to make a statement saying, "I, you know, I understand their decision." La da 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 da. When really he's probably hopping mad because his story that would have made a huge splash got pulled. You know what? It's like uh, it's the position. It's he probably loves his job, 
You know what I mean? And how often are you going to get to like work for ESPN? So you're just going to have to, you know, grin and bear it. You know, it's like uh, if you're like the host of the Notre Dame pregame show and you're a diehard Notre Dame fan and they cut your pay by 60%, what do right. you do? Because you know that there's going to be some kid that would do it pretty well for like a hundred bucks a show. You know, so like sometimes you, you're, you're exactly right. The guy probably doesn't want to have to make that comment, but he's like, how often am I going to get to work for ESPN? And if he, you know, if he doesn't do it, forget ESPN Los Angeles. He'll never work for ESPN, the company, ever again. Right. It's it's those four big letters, and they sort of have a monopoly on the sports world. No matter how many MLB networks pop up, no matter how many NFL networks pop up, no matter how no matter how many Comcast Sportsnet uh, networks pop up. I mean, this is it's ESPN. It's the four big letters. I mean, it's it's like uh, Microsoft. I mean, they they've got sort of a monopoly on the sports world. Yeah, it's uh, basically that channel is watched at least two hours a day in this house by four different people. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty sad. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I, I go back to the ethical journalism. I'm not sure that, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm not a journalist, so I don't know. Um, but if you're going to spend a night with a guy and then all of a sudden write about it. Maybe there's details that LeBron just didn't want out, and it got out. I mean, maybe maybe LeBron did call ESPN and say, hey, pull that story. We don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll never know the full truth. But I have a hard time believing everything in this story because it all seems a little outrageous. But then, it, but then I think about LeBron and his personality, and then I think it's totally believable. So you did read the story. Yeah, they they uh, on Deadspin they have a a screen cap of of the story, and I read the whole thing, and it's basically just a a minute by minute profile of what what happened, and you know they, he had dinner with his friends and family, uh, then they moved upstairs to party. Um, I mean he's got girls coming up to him. I mean they're drinking champagne all night. Grey Goose bottles are being poured on the floor. Um, I mean it's it's just a little. I shouldn't say extreme because he doesn't he doesn't do anything like you know like Vince Young in a strip club or you know Mike Vick but I mean the fact of the matter is is he's having these kind of parties and while it seems extreme to you and me it's probably a, a calm night to him you know yeah, possibly <laughs> quite possibly now you said friends and family were, were there what, was his stepdad there Delonte West. <laughs> I don't know about Delante West, but apparently uh, the guy who who was who is dating his mother is there, and that was he was not named as Delante West, but um, but yeah, Maverick Carter was there, all his guys, Chris Paul. um, So I yeah, I mean this this sort of thing apparently does go on in in LeBron James' world, and doesn't surprise me, shouldn't surprise anyone, but at the same time, the story seemed kind of unbelievable. I just wish that they would have left the story up. They would have gotten a little bit of their reputation back because they they took a huge hit for the decision. And I, I just think they they could have handled the situation a little bit better. Okay, the guy lives in Cleveland. Okay, he now works in Miami. He was on vacation in Las Vegas, which is renowned for partying. Mm-hmm. You, know, so you just got to shrug your shoulders. The guys party. Oh, the rich party a little different than the poor people do. Okay. I drank Keystone Light over the weekend. Let's just put that one out there. No, no you don't admit that ever again. <laughs> I went to college for four years. Of course we drank Keystone Light. 
Well, in college you do. As soon as you get a paying job, you don't drink Keystone Light anymore. Well, that's the thing. I don't have a paying job, so... And, well, then you got to drink Milwaukee's best. Yeah, well, at least okay. step up to, like, Rolling Rock or something <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> well, we were, we were going for, you know, four days. We, we, we were economical, let's put it that way. More beers for less price. Well, uh, so how many years out of college are you? Uh, about... 14 months. Okay, then I can understand. And you're with all your college boys at the time? Oh, of course. Okay, yeah. So I'm sure there was some type of, like, pancakes eaten at, like, 4.30 in the morning or something like that, I'm sure. Uh, so. Well, we didn't get up every day till about noon and made greasy breakfast. Um, yep, uh, you got it pretty much correct. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's not much to do when you don't have TV and Internet for five days. I mean, we just kind of... Did what we know how to do, which is drink beer. Yeah, that's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And, you know, the sad thing is they're pouring Grey Goose on the floor. It's when you guys <laughs> yeah. report any beer on the floor, you'd have free time. They don't waste that beer. Exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> all right, well, let's let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, the Blackhawks continue to dismantle their Stanley Cup winning team. You're listening to Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Brady Stiff in for the coach. Big dung on the phone. It is Two Guys and a Mic. Guys, and a Mike Tuesday morning. It's a little bit rainy here in the Chicagoland area. We hope wherever you are, it is nice and sunny, 75 degrees. You don't even have to put the air conditioning on. Not so here in Chicago. A little rainy. I hope the rain goes away, though. Hope to uh, have softball practice tomorrow night. Big Dog, do you play any softball? Um, honestly, and I'm not just saying this, uh, I want to play, and you would probably want me on your team, and that's about as much as I'll say about it. All right, so, well, we could probably use you. Yeah, I'm, is it I'm just, 16 inch? No, 12 inch. Okay, I usually play the 16 inch. But uh, where do you guys play at? We play out in Arlington Heights. I just finished a league in Palatine, uh, and I'm going to start a new one here in Arlington Heights uh, a couple weeks from yesterday. So we're starting a new league. Hope it goes well. Um, you should come out and watch us play. Yeah, if I had a vehicle, I would definitely be there. But yeah, that's that's an issue for me right now. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, the Blackhawks continue to dismantle their. Um, their Stanley Cup winning team, and it's not necessarily, well, I guess it is all their fault, but uh, Antti Niemi is no longer a Chicago Blackhawk. He is an unrestricted free agent after the Hawks decided not to sign him for the arbitrator's decision of, what was it, $2.75 million? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Niemi is no longer a Blackhawk. Marty Turco is your newest 
Blackhawks goaltender. They sign him for what 1.3, so they save about a million dollars there. They have a little flexibility with the with the cap there, and they're they're going to be getting rid of Cristobal Huey's monstrous contract. So they're going to have a little a little wiggle room. Uh, but w- what was your take on Niemi no longer being a Blackhawk? Well, I, I wish they could have. I mean, how are they getting rid of Huey's contract? By the way, just just before I answer that question. Well, they can put him in the minors, and they they're still going to have to pay him, but his salary does not. Uh, figure into their their total salary cap total, or okay. they can they can find a trade partner, they can um, just flat out cut him. Uh, but I, I think what they're going to try to do is find a trade partner, and it may not even be in the NHL, uh, which I don't know how that would work. But they're going to find a way to get rid of his contract, uh, and it's pretty much a done deal. They just got to figure out the paperwork and fill it out and be gone with him. Okay, because I wasn't sure if you put him in the minors. I wasn't sure if they, it would still count against your cap. That's the one thing I don't like about that hard cap in the NHL. And you know, part of people like to keep the teams together and follow the same players all the time. And, and the NHL is going to learn that. You know, like I know they want revenue sharing. They don't want the contract to get too exorbitant. But it's, legitimately, I mean, that's it's maybe there should be something done uh, about maybe making the cap a little bit higher or something because. It's absolutely ridiculous that the, the Hawks have to get rid of everybody. And this next quote that I'm going to say, so I'm not mad at the Blackhawks because that's just the way that the, the salary cap is that was going to happen. But of all the players they lost, I will miss Niemi the least. Really? We're going to look back and we're going to say that guy had the greatest couple months of his life. And I, like, like from the people that I know that really, really, really know hockey, they were just dumbfounded that, at, how, at how he played. Interesting. And, and basically they were like, he, they, the Hawks have the best defense in the NHL. The guy faced the fewest amount of shots of any goalie. His state percentage was average, and he got beat on a lot of shots that most average goalies wouldn't. So, And these are guys I trust. You know what I mean? Like I am not going to sit here and act like I know anything about hockey in terms of like technical and all that other stuff. I can talk football and baseball that way with you. I will not talk hockey that way with any type of intelligence, okay? The people that were talking to me about it are guys that played hockey for 20 years, guys that coached hockey. So out of all the players they lost, I, I, for, I feel the least worst about him. Maybe we'll be proven wrong one day, okay? But right now it's the Bufflins that I'm going to miss. It's you know him the, the most is who I think the Hawks are going to miss because that guy always seemed to raise his level to play consistently in the playoffs. So right. we'll see. Let's bring in Bark on the phone lines. Bark, how you doing, man? Doing good. How about you? Good. What did you want to talk about? Huh? I got to talk about this Niemi stuff. What's up? Oh, I can't. I'm watching these Chicago guys fall apart. It's Red Wings fan right here. So it's been interesting seeing you guys finally get hit by the cap after the magical year. Well, we, we kind of knew that was going to happen. Whether or not they won the cup, um, they were going to have to make a lot of decisions, you know, uh, about their 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 roster and their salary cap issues. So they sort of gambled in the in that way, but it paid off, you know. But what w- what would we be saying here in Chicago, and what would the national hockey uh, community be saying if the Hawks had been ousted in the first round by that Nashville team, who that was probably their toughest test uh, of the playoffs? I mean, what what would the the perception be? Of the Blackhawks, if they didn't win the cup. Oh, I, I mean, with 
Nanyemi kind of pulls a strike, but when you have such a solid core, like guys like Taves and Kane, then if those guys, if you ever, if Chicago management then Bowman had come out and been like there on the trade block, then the perception from the league would have been like this team doesn't care. But the fact that you guys got those, got Kane and Taves and guys like the main young guys who are going to be the core, then you can kind of get that good perception on that they may be trying to go somewhere. Well, I look at it kind of like, uh, to use a, a cross-sport analogy, like the Marlins. Each time they've won the World Series, they've totally dismantled that team. But, and Go ahead. Well, Brady, you can't really blame the Marlins because, well, well, first of all, they should have been able to make more money because the baseball setup totally different. But then again, if you're averaging 14000 17000 a game with a team like that, I would tear it up, too, if I was the owner. I would do exactly what uh, what Heisinger did and what uh, Lurie did last time. So, well, uh, we'll see what sort of success the Blackhawks can have because they do have that core still intact. But a lot of those complimentary guys played a huge role in this, not only the regular season but the playoffs as well. I mean, we we don't have a Dustin Bufflin anymore. Christopher Stieg is gone. Um, Eager, Sopel. I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving guys out, but Lad. Uh, these guys will not be in town next year and. I will be really surprised if the Hawks uh, make a, a, another big run here because I think those losses are going to be too much to overcome. Yeah, it, there's one thing for a, like a basketball team to have like a, a core and then fill in around it. It's a little different with hockey because you're talking a four-line team. You know, teams like players. There's different players out there consistently, so it, it is much more difficult for a hockey team to replace that many grinding players. But, you know, talking about if you're a Red Wings fan, Bart, Mike Madano signed with the Red Wings last night. Oh, I heard his rumors, but, yeah. Yeah, it, it's official. He, he actually signed with them last night, so. The NHL retirement home there in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was possible for the Red Wings to get older, but I think they accomplished that by signing Mike Madano. You know, when it, he first decided he was, when the rumors came out, he was going to decide here. He's from Michigan, so everybody thinks that this is just one of those feel-good moves by the management. You know what? I mean, he'll be playing gonna, third line, so he'll be getting some ice time, but not that huge of a role player. But that's not a bad, you know, feel-good move though, because you know what? He he isn't going to do anything wrong. He can still play a little bit, and you know he'll give you some leadership out there. And, and most importantly, like again, the number two point, he can still play. So. It's a nice move by the Red Wings. All right, Bark just hung up on us, so we'll uh, we'll say thank you, Bark, for calling in. Red Wings fan, uh, I'm sure he got plenty of opportunities to take a picture with the Cup. Big Dog, do you got a picture with the Stanley Cup? Uh, I did not get a picture with the Stanley Cup. Uh, not the real one, at least. I, a couple I, fake ones I have pictures with. So. I, I finally got a picture with the Stanley Cup. I feel like I'm the last one in town to get a picture with the Stanley Cup. Um, it was out at Arlington Park on Thursday, and uh, I, I work there, and I was sort of, uh, um, they had a, a Blackhawks Legends Day, which Tony O, uh, Savard, they were all there uh, signing autographs and whatnot, and they had the cup there with them, and, and Quenville showed up as well. So I was part of the uh, group that sort of guarded the cup from, you know, the whole track coming down and trying to get a... Um, a, a glimpse of it and a picture with it. So I got to take a picture with it. It's in my work uniform, though, which it, if you've ever seen the uniforms that we have to wear at the track, not exactly the picture I wanted to take with the cup, but I've got one. 
No, I, I haven't been to Arlington in a while. You don't, you're not wearing the khakis and the green polo anymore, I take it. Uh, khakis, was, yes. Uh, now it's a gold Eisenhower-style jacket that um, is very, very, very warm, and we still wear it on 90, 95-degree days. So, uh, yeah, to say the least, it was not pretty. Well, well, sweating is good for the pores, and it gets a lot of... of uh... A lot of toxins out of your system, Brady. So as long as you don't think it shouldn't be that bad. True. Now let's let's uh, let's turn our attention quickly to Marty Turco, the Blackhawks' newest goalie. It's a one-year deal, and I think the their motivation here is to mentor Corey Crawford, who's spent a lot of time in the minors. He's he spent a little bit of time, got in a, a couple games, I think, with the big club. Uh, I think he's going to mentor Corey Crawford so that Crawford can take over for the considerable future. Is, is that the vibe you're getting from this story? That is that's 100% what's going on. It's like it turns the insurance policy. Ideally, ideally Crawford comes of age and he, you know, and he can, you know, they'll be able to keep him for 4 or 5 years and they'll have a really really solid goalie. If not, you know, hopefully he's still good. But you have Turco there, and maybe you know you go with uh, every other goalie, you know, throughout the course of the season, figure out who's hot in the playoffs. Uh, or we find out Crawford can't handle it, and we at least have a decent goalie for the playoffs. Well, hey, particular year. That's, Marty, I think that's why they look at it. Marty Turco is second among active goalies in career goals against average at 2.31. So that's that's got to say something for him. That, then again, he is turning 35 in August. Uh, but hey, if he can still play, he can still play. Um, I hope it's going to be a move. And you know, with Joel Quenville. He plays his goalies pretty much evenly, so it's not like Turco's going to be uh, burnt out here by the playoffs. So hopefully, you know, assuming the Hawks can can make the playoffs, they're going to have a fresh goaltender. It's just a matter of who's going to play better uh, to get that playoff assignment. Yeah, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm like, you know, it is going to be a lot different team than last year, but, you know, they've kept their defense intact, so... They, they faced the fewest amount of shots in the NHL. So, like, it should be kind of similar for Turco, and then all of a sudden you throw in there, I'm assuming they make the playoffs. Are they <laughs> going to be that drastic of a different opinion? No, no, no. But, hey, we, we assumed that the 2009 Cubs would, would make the playoffs, and look what happened. I did so. <laughs> I, 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 I certainly did. I, I did. And I, I made that mistake of assuming that they were going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I hate to say it. I said it on our old airways. I was like, this team is garbage. Not as bad as I thought this team was, though, this year in 2010. So. All right, well, let's uh, let's move on to one final topic, and I want to bring up the story and see what you think about it. Uh, in our softball game last week, um, we it was a, it was a playoff game, uh, and there was a play where my team was batting, and I was coaching third base, and there was a play at first base where the first baseman may or may not have had his foot on the base when he caught the ball. Um, the umpire called our runner out, and our bench, you know. You know, went crazy. Before the next pitch was thrown, the umpire came in to our dugout, actually came into our dugout, sat down on the bench, and yelled to the entire park, play ball, apparently there's a better view from here. Now, I know it's softball, I know it's we're out there having fun, but that's one of the most unprofessional moves I've ever seen a sports official make. Is is there is there a story that's comparable to that that you have? Um... Now, honestly, I, I cannot think of anything. I, I did read a story back uh, in, in 19, 
03, there was an umpire who went into the dugout and started beating up a guy who was taunting him, a player. So it was the first time ever that an umpire actually started a fight. So that was the only <laughs> more unprofessional thing I could think. But my goodness, I, he really did that. He, I mean, he, he I really a, did that. Now he, he's got a target on his back. That's the last. You want to be totally inconspicuous if you're a if you're an umpire. Right. You know, and I don't know if you've ever donned the stripes or the blue shirt, uh, but I, I referee high school basketball, and I would be laughed off the court, laughed out of the arena if I did something like that in a basketball game. And, I mean, that's like, you know, high school basketball is a little, little bit more of a structured atmosphere, and I know this is softball, we're out there having fun, like I said, but you you can't do that. Come on. Oh, that is, that's pretty sad. That's pretty sad. I mean, you, uh, stories I, like I, that just make me go nuts and you, you hit we had joe west a major league baseball umpire come out and make comments earlier this season about how long yankees red sox games were taking I mean, that's just ridiculous you know what I, I didn't really have a problem with that because he gave like specific examples of stuff i i didn't have a problem with joe west saying that whatsoever some of that stuff that they, they do is ridiculous like they dig into the box and they back out and basically what he was saying to those guys was, you know, like, if you you get in the batter's box, you're going to hit. Okay, you, if you get on the mound, you're going to get on the mound. So he was threatening to call balls on the on the pitchers and, and call strikes on the on the hitters if they didn't do stuff or, or not give hitters time. So, you know, I, in a way, it was like a preemptive move. The other stuff Joe West has done has been moronic. That guy... He causes way too much controversy, but I, I am not going to get on him for that specific uh, instance right there. All right, Big Dog. Well, thanks for calling in today. I hope you enjoyed your three-day weekend. I'll be back on Friday. You in? I'm in. All right, good deal. This has been Two Guys and a Mic. Thanks to David Olson on the other side of the glass. Thanks to TalkZone.com. I'm Brady Stiff, in for the coach. I'll talk to you again on Friday. This has been Two Guys and a Mic.